0: Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome back to the podcast. Misty and I are here today talking about traveling mindfully. Traveling mindfully. It's good to see you, my friend. You too.
1: I wish we could travel together right now. Me too. (laughs) I would be very mindful, I promise. (laughs) Um, when I was thinking about travel, I was like, one of the first things that popped into my head was grateful. Like anytime I get to travel now, it is an immense sense of gratitude. I'm thankful for lines at the airport. I'm thankful for just being out. It's, it's insane how much my perspective has changed changing. All the little things that used to bother me about travel are now just kind of like,
0: oh, yay, I'm here. It's so great. It definitely brings a new appreciation, doesn't it? I know I've talked to a lot of friends, you know, before or right after their first trip since, uh, March, 2020, you know, and everybody feels the same way. Just so grateful, kind of surreal. Can't believe it's happening. And, you know, if we have to continue to look for the little gifts of this, uh, really life changing time, that's one of them, you know, just travel being much more sacred and precious and, and you know, such an opportunity. I remember traveling so much sometimes because my family and older friends don't live in our state. And sometimes to the point where I was like, oh, I don't really want to travel this weekend. You know, I'd always be so glad I did, but I don't, I don't want to travel like that again, where I don't appreciate it. And so I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not traveling that much anymore on purpose. It's nice. It's so nice. I think for the
1: most, I think most people have, even the busiest of busy travelers, I think have slowed down a lot. Yeah. What I really love is how everyone is tweaking it. And it's not so where can I fly and go to a resort? It's what's around me? What can I be in nature with? Um, you know, this summer, as we move um, to Colorado, we're looking at taking like a cross country trip and seeing some areas of the country we haven't seen before. And there's a huge pull in, you know, us going to visit family and then saying, okay, kids, y'all stay with the grandparents and we get to go on a vacation to one of those resorts and just relax. But the truth is, is we really want to get out and we want to see and we want to appreciate and show our kids that stuff. And so I think we're going to skip out maybe on that and just, do the, what I would call hard travel. Cause it will be. Um,
0: but I'm really excited about that. I love that so much. You know, before the pandemic, I definitely hated long drives. I think the furthest I ever drove was probably Phoenix to San Diego, which is maybe a six hour drive. And That has changed since the pandemic, realizing that there's a lot of beauty in a long car ride. Um, I drove alone from Fort Worth to Memphis to see one of my best friends, and I felt like such a big girl at 44 driving seven hours by myself, and it was great. And I just loved not dealing with the hassle of people in the airport and my mask and You know, it's nice to get there and have your car, and it's cheaper in a lot of ways. I just, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan now. My husband and I are going to drive from Fort Worth to Crested Butte in June, and we never would have done that before, ever. We would have just been like, all right, check the flights, let's go. You know,
1: it's changed, completely changed how you mindfully travel. So when I was thinking about this subject, I was like, okay, well, it's kind of twofold. It's like the traveling the actual physical act of doing and getting there. And, you know, some people struggle with have friends who struggle with like packing anxiety, like legit packing anxiety. And it starts two weeks before the even travel starts, you know? So that part of the mindful travel. And then on the flip side, when you're there, wherever you're going, um, if it's just happens to be like one place, that aspect of really dialing into that place and kind of, I really enjoy, it's not always possible, but I really enjoy putting me and whoever I'm with in travel in a bubble. We're just in a bubble and it's our own little bubble. And we're walking around this new place that's new to us, but we're in our little bubble. And so we're blocking out all of the media and the extra things from home and all of that stuff. That's literally one of my biggest mindful travel things that I personally do is when I start to get a text that tethers me back somewhere else, or I see a souvenir shop. Oh yeah. I need to like get a souvenir because I, and then I start thinking about the kids and I'm going this way. I'm just like, get back in your bubble, like get in your bubble and be here. And I think a lot of people really struggle with that, like getting somewhere and being there. Um, so I just wanted to share like my thoughts on kind of, I think about mindful travel in twofold getting there and doing that and all of those things. And then also being there.
0: Yeah. I'm the same way. I don't even actually talk to my kids or my husband when I travel, unless I call maybe once on a trip to check in or if they need something, of course I'm available. But I mean, my son is 15 years old now and it's always been that way. I mean, whatever, we don't need to check in. This is just us. It works for us. We don't need to check in every night and talk about the day. Like, I'll see you when I get home, you know, but we also are really independent in our marriage and we've raised really independent kids and um, it's by design, you know, and, and if, if we need to talk, something goes down, absolutely. But like, I don't need to talk to you when I'm traveling with friends or alone or, you know what I mean? And it's also weird. Cause like, it's hard to really communicate fully an experience that you're having to other people like I went to India November October November 2019 right before the pandemic can't believe that timing and nobody's seen my photos I have these amazing pictures the only person that's seen my photos is my aunt who took me I created a book for her and at first I was a little bit hurt that like my family didn't want to see my photos and I could tell them about the whole trip and this whole thing and it was my most amazing vacation I've ever been on, hard and amazing. And then I realized, oh, that trip was for me and it was for my aunt. And we had that experience and it's okay that they were holding down the fort for two and a half weeks at home while I was gallivanting through India and they didn't leave real life and real life was just continuing to churn for them. And it's okay. It is totally okay that my experience isn't that interesting to them. That was a big like pivot for me. I love to hear
1: you speak. And I know there's other moms and out there that will agree. Lauren speaks so easily about like, not being able to speak to her family and not having to talk to her kids. Then there's those people. And I know there's so many that are like that constant mommy guilt of I've left the kids at home and like, I got to check in. And if the spouse is back home, taking care of the kids, did I, you know, leave enough food in the refrigerator and all of those things. And so to get to a place like where Lauren is, what she said is important. It was very by design and they had to work on those things. And so I think, Important piece of what you said is the communication that happens before you even leave. Like here, here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to be with a bunch of my girlfriends. We're going to be very busy. I'm going to text you and let you know we're okay. But otherwise, if you don't need me, I'm just going to kind of disconnect and enjoy my time. If, If you're setting up clear expectations as most things in life,
0: no one gets surprised and everything's okay. Right. So true. It's not like I left town and said, see ya. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was by design. Exactly. And it was with a lot of communication and it was with just a lot of experience of being a family together. Um, and you know, I definitely make and freeze certain food that I know will last. I go to the grocery store before I go, I make sure Since I'm, of course, the schedule keeper, I make sure everybody's super aware of what's going on when, and as long as I prepare, I have to be able to let go, you know, and I know that's so much easier said than done when you're a mother or a father or a, you know, main caretaker of a child, but all that preparation would be for nothing if I didn't then allow myself to just let go and detach a little bit. It's, you know, temporarily. Um, And it also depends on your kids. Like for me, yes, it was by design, but also my kids don't really want to talk to me on the phone, you know? And so I'm not going to force it. If one kid really wanted to talk to me while I was on a trip, I would of course do that. You know, of course, of course, but they don't want to talk to me and it's okay. They've got their own stuff going on. I mean, they are busy, busy little humans, you know? So Yes. By design. Yes. A lot of planning and communication. And, and of course it just happens to be the humans in my immediate family that it works for. So it could be a little different, you know, depending. Yeah,
1: of course. But I mean, it's, it's good practice to start even communicating that with the kids. Like, look, you know, mom's going away. I haven't been away in a long time, whatever it is. Um, so one thing I was also thinking about I don't know. I have to think there's other people in the same boat. When I start to travel now, I get really nervous just thinking about it. And, um, I think it's, it's tied to the disappointment because there's been so many trips that we've all planned and dug into. And some of them, I mean, I had one trip to Orlando, it was like five times and then we just gave up. So it's like, I know there's people on those boat in that same boat. And it's, um, It's hard to not go to the worst case scenario immediately. Like I'm going to book this trip, but I need to make sure that, you know, how do you get out of it? What's the COVID terms and blah, blah, blah. And so it makes you go to that place of, well, we're scheduled for a vacation at the end of February, but who knows? You always kind of say that feeling like nervous. I don't even really like to pack too much before because I'm afraid. Do you feel like that too?
0: I do. And one of the things we started doing, if there was airfare involved and, or like hotel and certain things is buying trip insurance. Um, I taught a yoga retreat in September in Maui, and we were just in that window when things were getting better with COVID, you know, I feel like if the trip was planned one month later, it wouldn't have happened. And I strongly advised everybody to get trip insurance for, I mean, the the trip was expensive, 5,000, 6,000 to get to Maui and have the retreat and rent a car. And so if you spend a couple hundred bucks, it's like $250 on trip insurance. Um, you get every penny back if something happens. And I had a couple of people the day before we were supposed to leave test positive for COVID or have some other like family emergency. One, one family was stuck in the hurricane in new Orleans and couldn't leave. They were displaced from their home and they got all their money back. And I have a big trip coming up in April and I bought trip insurance and it makes me feel so much less anxious because A big part of traveling and having it fall apart is the money. I mean, traveling is expensive, right? And I bought the trip insurance that had a clause that if I get COVID or someone in my family gets it, so I have to be home to care for them, I can cancel and get all my money back. And pre-pandemic, I never would have bought trip insurance. I just, nothing ever gave me a reason to buy it. Like nothing ever happened with travel. But I have to say the way it makes me feel inside is a game changer for a big trip.
1: So what do you do? I love that. What do you do about your disappointment? How are you handling and talking yourself through that disappointment when it does happen?
0: I just allow myself to be really freaking sad. Such good advice. You know? Yeah. I just allow myself to feel it. I give myself that day of disappointment and I just do whatever I need to do. I give myself a break. I don't try to shoot the second arrow into that disappointment and lay other trips on myself about being so sad and wanting to cry and being pissed, you know? And then I, the next day I just try to try to move on, you know, like in the big picture of life, it's a minor setback. And so I just try to look forward to like, okay, so can we reschedule? Let's do this logistically and get this rebooked, see what we can do.
1: I love taking the day. I, I need to work on that. Cause I go into like, okay, how do I fix this? Where else could we go? <laughs> you know, yeah. and my brain starts going a million, but, but there's that disappointment that's flooding all of it. And it's not making me think clearly. So waiting the day is really good. What about, I'm thinking through situations that me and some of my friends have talked about. What about for people who, like get on an airplane or get on a bus and there's a whole lot of people and it's really overwhelming for them now because I think more and more people are suffering from things, I don't want to call it social anxiety, but similar to people being around and there being a lot of people and being afraid of Mm -hmm. what's going to happen because they're with a big group of people. Um, Is there something that people could do, maybe like a tiny little breathing where there's a lot of people around?
0: You know, when I feel the, the anxiety start to bubble up. It's all like in the chest and the belly and definitely in the mind. And so I always think how far away from my brain and my head can I get, you know, where we go into that panic and that overthinking. And so like, say you're sitting on a plane, put your attention at your seat, like where the backs of your thighs and your seat are touching the actual airline chair. And that center of gravity is real. Like it's an actual physical center of gravity in your body and it's very grounding. And then you could take a couple breaths there and then move down through your legs and into the soles of your feet. So say you're standing on a tram or a bus or something, you could do that center of gravity is now down at your feet. And you just want to feel for kind of anchoring yourself into something other than your anxiety. Right. Oh.
1: That's so good. Right when you were saying about your seat, I did it with my seat and you're right. It is really heavy in your seat. I mean, I know that from like yoga and like laying on my back and like feeling into my back, but you're right. Using that as an anchor for your stress is really, really impactful. Um, Let's see. Now you're on the flip side of travel and you're at your destination. What are your biggest tips for having a mindful successful trip somewhere.
0: So it's funny, we've actually been talking about this in meditation training. Nice. And there's something called slow travel that I had never heard of. I mean, you can guess what it means, like you know, slow the slow food movement, slow travel. It's like instead of landing somewhere, I'm going to use Europe as the example, where there's a million cities and sites and countries to see. Instead of packing in like five cities in two weeks, we'll say, slow travel is where you get to where you're going and you just land and you allow yourself to really feel the people and the culture and learn the energy and and the way of living there. Um, And in meditation training, we've been talking about it as a form of not only like respect to the planet, because it takes a lot to travel, of course, a lot of, you know, a lot of airline, a lot of, um, if you're driving gas, so it's a little more eco-conscious, right? You get to one place and then you land. And then it's also a little more respectful, apparently to the culture, you know, instead of just doing a drive-by of that city or that country, like really allowing yourself to immerse yourself in the history and even the history of the people and the ancestry learning some of the language, um, going to restaurants that aren't on some top 10 list, but like neighborhood joints, you know? And, And also as far as how they are handling the pandemic, like not being the American who's like, I have my own personal rights, I'm not wearing my mask. Like, just let it go and do the thing that the country is asking you to do. You are a visitor on their land. And so, just doing what they need, doing what they ask, you know? Oh, that's such good advice.
1: When we, so the only time we've been out of the country since the pandemic, we went to Mexico last summer. And I did exactly what you said I'm here, I am a guest stick that thing up my nose and swab me as many times as you need. I am here and I will follow your ways. And it went perfectly. And I was gracious and um, and respected their culture and what they were, you know, they're huge. It's tourism is very important to that area. And so they have to button it down and they have to figure it out. And so it's up to us to understand that in order to keep the whole thing going, we got to have some rules in place Um, and just to, just to respect them. It's that simple. I I think about as a whole, when we talk about mindful travel now, it's really um, traveling with a lot of compassion and flexibility and more patience than ever. And those are very difficult things um, to have inside yourself. And so I think that's where your mindfulness practice is going to really, really help you as you go into those big travels, I know it's going to help me because I'm—I um, haven't really traveled in a while with all my family and like the kids and all the things and the stressors and then the masks and put your mask on and all of those things. So there's a lot of added pressure, and I think being able to just kind of span out, be grateful because that'll always bring you back. And then you know if you're starting to panic. Rooting into what you said, like grounding in, I think those are great tips.
0: Totally, totally. Everything you just said, it's like the flexibility, just assuming you're going to need to be flexible and resilient when you travel and, um, and also having empathy for the people in service. For example, it's not that person's fault who canceled the flight the person at the flight desk at american airlines the agent it's not their fault but we somehow feel entitled to lose it on them you know i had a flight canceled in january i was supposed to go see my dad and it was a big trip it was just he and i and i i was boarding and i won't even get into the why but i was boarding and had to leave the airport and go home. I didn't get on the flight. And I went up to the agent and I was just bawling and she was so sweet. And she was like, are you okay? Do you need to reschedule? I was like, I don't even know. I just can't get on the plane. And um, she was so human with me, you know? And I think when we're in a place of stress, we forget that it's a human being in front of us. And this is not their fault. This is not any of the people's fault who get to be the bearer of bad news. And so just really uh, being mindful of your, how you're showing up in the world. Cause your kids are watching that. Everybody's I,
1: watching it at the airport.
0: Everybody's watching that. Someone's
1: probably videotaping it.
0: Right. <laughs> <by> <laughs> so, or whatever. Exactly.
1: Um, yeah, I love actually is one of my favorite movies, you know, and if you, most people have seen it, but it's all at the airport. And it's like, if you look around, there really is love everywhere, but you have to really look for it. And nowadays, mm-hmm. So many people are just walking around so much more angry in general that they're looking for somewhere to displace that anger. And so if you see that happen, try, try, try to think about that human and what that human is going through because it's something and that's coming from somewhere. And yep. that that's where I think my mindfulness practice has really like... That, you know where I went from, kind of practicing and meditating, and then my empathy and my ability to really put myself in someone else's shoes is probably my biggest takeaway, and that remains so important in travel. <laughs> so.
0: so important. And say you walk up to a travel agent anywhere, and they have an attitude with you. You don't know who they just talked to. I'm guessing it was three or four people who treated them like dirt. And then you get to go up and be the next person. And I dare you, if this happens to you, to not match that attitude they have, but to treat them with such love and empathy and kindness and just watch the whole thing turn around, watch the light in their eyes come back, watch the tone of their voice change. I mean, we can literally change the world and people's day with how we are acting and responding to stress.
1: That's such a beautiful way to end it because you're right. Um, And that's good homework, good homework for everyone. If you're out there, you're going to travel. Yay, I'm excited. I want to travel too. Just pack your patience and your kindness and your empathy. We thank you guys for being with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time. Take care.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.